0: Thank you for tuning in to Game Investing Radio. If it's your first time stopping by, I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. This is Radio No Editing, Raw and Uncut by Hopper. I've been dealing uh, collectibles for about 30 years, struggled through sports cards in the 90s, um, finally moved over and pivoted to electronics about 12 years ago, and have been dealing games for about 10 years. So, This is based on my opinion and experience as a flipper, dealer, reseller that invests quite a bit of money into inventory and uh, the main goal there is liquidity. My goal with the podcast, as you know if you've uh, come by before, is to help you become a better investor as you build your portfolio of games or invest in games for maybe a family member or a donation in 10 20 30 years or five years or short-term plays where you're flipping or reselling to build a collection the investing mindset usually focuses on the demand side of the equation whereas collectors um, are more focused on the supply side so it's rarity versus scarcity and i talked about that in the last podcast episode but today before we get this new world record coming in in about four days maybe maybe five days, because it's not confirmed, because the hammer hasn't hit the gavel, and we can't say it's a world record at the moment, but we have a world record in the making. So I figured it's a perfect chance to capture the current public world record called Left Brothers. And I'm going to assume that you might be listening to this as a newbie, and I'm going to try to go over what Left Brothers is all about, what it means, Um, and as you may or may not know, the difference between video games, coins, cards, art, collectibles, um, pretty much is variations in print runs or print runs in variations or variations throughout print runs. So basically print runs and variations because games were meant to be played they went on shelves, they sold out, they got printed again, they sold out, they got printed again. Games got printed in the millions and millions of copies for the United States market is primarily what I'm talking about. And with those type of numbers, since games were meant to be played, the early print runs are always the most rare. Scarce, is usually going to be your high-grade mint copies, which usually come in later print runs. And I guess it's a rule of thumb to say earlier is going to have less sealed copies, later is going to have more sealed copies, but we can't always say earlier is rarer or scarcer than later, because there's things like the Mike Tyson cartridge that came out late, had five screws, it's an anomaly, it's just a good example of something there's a few dozen on the planet, but it came out last. So it's not always first is best, but in the case of Super Mario Bros. 3 across the 17 million print run somewhere around 1990, um, Left Brothers has been considered as the gem of the video game investment market. That's the Title I guess we can call it a title or a print run. That's the game. That's the variation that The team at heritage Will put into signature if you have a high-grade left Bros, that is a quote-unquote signature piece as of 2020 and q1 2021 After this next world record that's going to be a black box Mario Super Mario Brothers one We don't know if that's going to change if the paradigm is going to shift from left brothers to sealed black boxes or early black boxes or nationwide American black boxes. Not really sure where the market's going. People are saying everything's going to come up. So the so the question is for right now, who's the king of the hill? And unless you count the private black box sale that took place in February, I've confirmed from the seller at over two hundred thousand dollars. As far as public Guinness Book of World Records. The $156,000 sale was for a Left Brothers in sealed condition, graded by WADA in the finest possible grade we've had come to market. So that means the highest grade, sealed, which is the scarcest, and then you've got the rarity with the Left Bros because when it's sealed, Left Bros means first print according to the market up until now. But the reason I'm making this podcast is I pretty much have confirmed. I mean, I'm just going to say it looks like it's basically confirmed. It looks like there's a little bit of controversy on these date codes, but it looks like technically on the box itself in open condition. There's actually three print runs that are quote unquote first print. So. Now we're kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole into what is first print? What does first print mean? To me, in my opinion, first print is the first available retail copy in the American market. And that could mean something nationwide beyond test market, for example, which went through New York City and Los Angeles for the black boxes. That's called test market. So I don't know if that's considered um, first nationwide print, but uh, we do call Matt sticker first print. but the world record is about to be set by fourth print and the question is is third print or fourth print nationwide you know retail release, across every Toys R Us store, KB Toys, whatever, across the country in every major city. So first print may change as we go deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole. And for Left Brothers, we got to talk about this. So as far as the timeline goes, the first rumor is... That for the boxes, now I'm talking about the boxes only, I'm not talking about sealed, complete in box, cartridges and manuals. We're just talking about the boxes themselves right now. For those, the rumor is one month on the shelf. Now, I don't know if that rumor is for all three variations of Left Brothers, which means if you break that down into the date codes we're going to talk about later, we're talking about short 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 or is that for the first two date codes or the first date code so if you look at it from a timeline perspective when you look at a title super mario brothers 3 super mario brothers 1 let's let's talk about those two super mario brothers 1 went for years through 11 print runs across the world across the globe we're talking about the united states we got 11 print runs, you know, going through New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, I think Atlanta, maybe, and then nationwide. So you've got multiple copies, multiple iterations, multiple trademarks registered, no trademarks, multiple codes, multiple boxes, multiple carts. It's very complicated. The reason Left Bros has been market dominant, it's very easy to get it. You just look at the box and you look for the BROS, Bros. It's either on the right or the left. It's very easy. You can just say, okay, it's on the left. That's the rare one. That's the earlier one. I'm going to grab that. Or, you know what? I want a higher grade. I'm going to go for the right one. I don't care. But that's not the end of the story. So if we're talking about the boxes, it looks like there are three boxes for left brothers. And I can't confirm how many right brothers boxes there are. But let's say left bros was on the shelves for one to five months um across all three print runs that would mean I don't know is that a million two million five million copies in left Bros and then you know 10 million 15 million copies in right brothers um it's hard to get a handle on on the rarity but when you talk about sealed or high grade hands down earlier is gonna be just scarce as all can be because games were meant to be played and all the early print runs got ripped open, whether it's first, second or third left bros, it probably got ripped open and played into the ground because it was a fabulous game. It was flying. Mario was Miyamoto's masterpiece. They spent two years developing that over time. You know, one of the guys almost became an alcoholic. He almost, uh, I think I heard there might've been, you know, relationship stresses during the developing of this title probably hundreds to thousands of pieces of artwork, coding, translations. I mean, it's just an endeavor you can't imagine. I know making a movie is pretty uh, pretty intense, but uh, making a game, you know, as far as that focused intensity and the way the Japanese overwork and, and um, you know, continuously improve the process and make the game better as they're going along, we're talking about a masterpiece here, and it got played. So... You know Whether it's left or right, if you can pick up a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers 3, I would recommend that as a strong investment. I would consider that the most liquid title on the market, even though black boxes command a much higher premium and they have much more rarity and scarcity in some instances. But for an overall liquid piece that you'll have no trouble moving and selling as half the game and investing, because it's not like a trading on the stock market where you just click a button... Um, you have to ship, insure, pay fees, processing fees. I mean, it's just it's just a whole nother ball ballgame on the selling side. I would recommend a sealed Left Brothers. So for the sealed copies, we can just say left and right. We can also say TM versus R on the seal of quality, which is in the lower right. You can call that a gold seal of quality, a white seal of quality. I think uh, VGA calls it a white seal of quality. I think WADA calls that an SOQ, seal of quality. It's the Nintendo seal that guarantees quality. And um, that was something that uh, Nintendo had trademarked probably up through 90. And then somewhere during the timeline, after The Last Left Bros, when it converted to Wright Brothers that became a registered trademark. So the easy check is looking at the bros, whether it's left and right, but the more legal check that you can practice because you're going to need those skills if you're going to dive into the black box, you know, 11 print runs, is really to get a handle on the three legal um, statuses of a brand in America. The first status is not registered at all. Like my company, or a small company, small restaurant, small retailer, uh, just maybe a one one shop, you know, one-stop shop or a one-shop retailer, etc. restaurant. they don't have a trademark or a registered trademark. I don't have one yet. Um, so there's nothing after the name, like Grayton Games or uh, you know Joe's hamburgers or whatever, sushi shop it might not have a trademark or a registered. So the next thing after that, let's say you you build up to a medium-sized company, you're going nationwide, you're thinking about protecting yourself, then you register for a TM, which is pretty easy. I heard my buddy did that for like a thousand bucks online without a lawyer. And then I think it's a little more sophisticated to actually get the registered trademark, the circle R. I think you have to prove to the patent office or something like that that, your nationwide and you're a known brand and, and you want to protect consumers from being confused if there's someone out there that's going to try to use, for example, Nintendo Entertainment System or Nintendo Seal of Quality. So Seal of Quality is something associated with Nintendo and not associated with, let's say, Atari or Intellivision or PlayStation or Xbox, for example. So I think it's really good to get a handle on no mark at all, then you got the TM, and then you got the R. And it's always in that timeline. You've got nothing, then you've got TM, then you've got R. And you can see that over and over. The first iterations are Nintendo Entertainment System, also Nintendo itself, and then um, Nintendo Seal of Quality. I think those are probably the big three. So for the box, going back to the box, now we're talking about either CIB or Frankensteining. If you're putting together your own CIB, Or possibly upgrading, like I have a 6.5 Left Brothers I bought on eBay. It's got a faded cart and I bought it because of that's that qualifier there. So all I have to do is replace the cart and automatically upgrade it and fix the qualifier at the same time. So in that case, all I'm looking for is a cart. So you could be, you know, picking up a, a WADA CIB, a VGA, maybe a VGA qualified. And there's something wrong with the box maybe writing impressions on the box i just saw a piece online today writing impressions on the box on heritage that's a nice rule of thumb when you're bidding always look at the back of the label always read below the subgrades because if there's any qualifiers you're going to see fading fading on spine writing impressions on the box water damage mold it's going to be there and you're going to want to know that before you place a bid so always look at the back of your boxes and back of your labels if you want to place the most intelligent, um, fair, yet competitive bid. You don't want to overbid on something with a qualifier. So let's say you buy something with the writing impressions, then you're shopping for a box. You're looking for a box without qualifiers, and you're looking for a box that's Left Brothers to match your Left Brothers, and here's what you're going to choose from. Of course, it's going to say TM. All the early ones are going to say TM right next to that little round seal of quality and it's also going to have left brothers but if you open the top of the box on the right hand flap looking at the front of the box there's two flaps left and right then there's the main flap that closes the top of the box on the right flap there is a number that's five digits long and from what I understand today March twenty seventh, 2021 according to Joseph Leo on Facebook in the WADA Games group unofficial run by uh, Josh Byerly, um, he says there's three date codes for Left Brothers 91208, 119 Now, people might jump to the conclusion that 001 is the early one, but according to Joseph, the first number is the year, the next two numbers are the month. And the last two numbers are the day. Now, that's probably true because I've been over in Japan. I, I know I met a lot of Europeans. And the way dates are done overseas is not the way we do it. We tend to do month, day, year. And I know it's not that way overseas. Um, I should have done some research what the standard method is in Japan. But I know for a fact it is not month, which means if you go by 91, 91 versus zero, 0, that doesn't make sense because there is no 91 month and there's no zero, zero month. So let's say it's day. Well, it can't be 91 or nine. Could it be nine day, nine day? The only explanation would be, okay, that's day, nine, nine versus zero. So the ninth day versus the zero day and the second thing would be either the month or the year. Um, if it's if the last two digits of the year, then you've got something 08 versus 19, and that doesn't make sense as well, unless you're talking about like 88 versus 89, and I do believe there is no Super Mario Brothers in 1988. So I'm ready to buy this as fact. I'm ready to buy the fact that there are three first print Super Mario Brothers American boxes. So, what are they? Well, the first first print was released or printed. Let's just say printed. I don't know when it arrived in stores. There might have been a delay. Maybe not. Um, I do know retailers get product before street release date. And in this day and age, some stuff leaks out the back. I know that happened at Toys R Us. Uh, I know that was a big problem at Toys R Us because a lot of good stuff would leak out the back through employees. And it wouldn't hit the shelf when it was supposed to. So the first, first print, if Joseph Leo and the earlier WADA guide was correct and the translations I've seen on Facebook recently, the first, first Left Bros was printed December 8th, 1989. The second, first print Left Bros was printed December 19th, 1989. So that's eight days. You've got two print runs across eight days, and my question there is why? Is there other differences besides the date codes? Is there some small difference we're not picking up on? Um, That's kind of strange to me. But then you've got the 00119, which translates to, according to Joseph, January nineteenth, 1990. Now, that makes sense. That's exactly one month after the second First print of right, uh, left bros was printed. Then you've got the third first print, or you could call it the third print. And then right bros starts at fourth print. And I don't know how many prints there are of right bros, but there's at least four prints of Super Mario Brothers three. So the question now is, what is a first print box? Well, if it's sealed. It can be any date code. It doesn't matter. This is all irrelevant because you can't check it. If it's CIB inside a water or VGA case or IGS or WAG or UKG, you can't check the flap. So I guess it's irrelevant unless the graders start checking the date code and writing that on the label, which I think would be a great idea. I think the more information is better on the label, but I just talked to a person that's been dealing toys and cards for years and years, has his own retail store, and he said for people coming in from Bitcoin, from Pokemon, sports cards, toys, they don't really care about the details. They just want high mint and sealed. So maybe it doesn't matter. Um, I think it'll matter in 5, 10, 20 years. I think someone's going to write a date code guide or a timeline guide. So that we can actually capture the historical moments in gaming history during the manufacturing process and try to try to guess like, well, Left Bros first print was on the shelves for one week. And then then came second first print that was on the shelves for a month and then third print faded out as Wright Brothers came in and they just replaced it. So we don't know exactly when third print was pulled from the shelf because it literally sold out. So I guess with these three dates, you can say that Left Bros was printed for Christmas in 1989, and it was probably a big hit, and they had to print more after Christmas. So the first print run sold out in the first, let's say, two to three weeks in December 89, all the first and second prints sold out. So you're talking about something that's on the shelf for two or three weeks. That is, games are meant to be played. If you can get a sealed Left Bros December 1989 date code by using X-ray vision, that's the holy grail of SMB3. Unfortunately, we can't confirm that until there might be some other differences, such as maybe ink, toning ink, or, you know, carbon dating. I mean, if you really want to get serious, there could be a way to prove something's one, two, three weeks Printed earlier or on a different printing press. I know in baseball cards that there's often different printing errors and printing styles and ink fading and coloring and and, and there's all kinds of things when you're talking about centering and inking and four color printing and pressing and all that. We could go down that rabbit hole someday, but not today. So I'm ready to say there's three first print left bros boxes or there's. Three Left Bro prints. Now, what does that mean if you're putting together a CIB? Well, if you're a connoisseur, you want to get the earliest box. Now, the question is, what about the carton manual? Um, I guess if you're a connoisseur, you want a December 1989 Left Bro's box with a TM next to SOQ. And that's the same, same as a carton Manny, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't have any information on the carton Manny, except that The TM came before the R, no matter what it is, whether it's black box, blue box, yellow box, left bros, right bros. The TM is always early. So if you get a TM cart, a TM manual, that matches your first, second, or third print, left bros, 89 or 90, uh, quote unquote, first print box. So I guess what I'm trying to do with this podcast episode is say that I'm putting a line in the sand. Left Bros was the king of the mountain from about November, late November 2020 through, let's say, Q1 2021, depending on if you take that private $200,000 sale or not as a world record. They did submit to Guinness, but I'm guessing Guinness is in the processing stage, and as soon as this other one goes off, Guinness is probably going to say, well, we don't really need to do that world record because this one's going to shatter Left Bros. by 2 or 3x, and it's going to hit mainstream media and all that, whereas a private sale doesn't really get Guinness any traction in the media, etc. Uh, I'm assuming Guinness is in the media business. So what are what are the questions that we're, we're left with? Well, in this moment in time, Left Brothers was king of the hill. I think we need to capture that. And the question is, which Left Brothers? Well, check your flap. That's the moral of the story. If you're building a Left Brothers, if you're going for a box, check your flap um, and decide. Do you want a first first print, a second first print, or a third first print? Or would you rather have a high-sealed late print? Or would you rather have a mid-sealed um, quote-unquote first print, which is one of the first three? I do know very wealthy collectors that have given up on high-sealed Left Brothers, and they've moved to CIB, and this is the first project they're undertaking, and um, they're trying to get over a 9-0, if not a 9-2, 9-4, 9 on uh, Left Brothers CIB, but I don't know if they're going for the first, second, or third Left Brothers first print boxes. So I just wanted to drop that, just in case you are a connoisseur or a, or, or a historical collector like myself that's trying to capture... These moments in history, these world records, along with timelines that, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, 30 years now. Timelines that have been going for 30 years, if you're looking at Super Mario across the whole spectrum in the digitization through the Switch. You're talking about a franchise that's going on for decades, and we're still figuring out what this early lore, rumor Um, date code, variation, print run um, pieces can teach us in the modern age of collecting and investing. So I'm hoping that helps you out. Um, I'm hoping that this type of disclosure and transparency can help the hobby grow because I think everybody wants a pop report but the question is, what does the pop report look like? I just had a discussion with a, uh, with the guy that's uh, from New York with the retail store coming in from cards and other areas where there are pop reports, and they're very easy to understand. You've got one release, you've got multiple grades, and that's it. But if you're talking about a Left Brothers, you've got three first prints, then you've got the later print, then you've got new, then you've got CIB, then you've got box only, manual only, cart only... Then you've got multiple conditions among the multiple variation print runs and what do we call these? Components or status of condition? Frankenstein status? I mean, we were joking, thinking that Left Bros alone might take up three pages of a pop report versus something like a Michael Jordan rookie card, which is a one line under the the, the product. So... It's going to be very complicated to get multiple 12 to 20 bell curves per quote-unquote title, such as Super Mario Brothers 3. So the moral of that story is don't expect the pop report to be accurate um, when it comes out. Plus, we have five grading companies. So multiple multiply five by five print runs, by uh, three or four or five types of conditions times, let's say, 10 grading statuses, including possible qualifiers, uh, with SEAL grading, times that by two, how many data points are we talking? Thousands for just one game? So I, I think the moral of the story, again, is learn your variations and don't expect a pop report tomorrow because it's complicated and that's why games haven't really gotten to seven figures I know for a fact there's millions of dollars waiting to jump in, and all that money is waiting for is a guide or a YouTuber or a magazine or an app to basically capture this information to make it more simple and easy to digest. Um, I appreciate you listening. Um, I really thank you for your loyalty throughout the podcast. It's been a, a wild ride. And I really hope this information can help make you a better game investor.